Welcome to Tuang Dete. I'm Shaf, your host. I'm Kor, your co-host. And this, this is, is the, the first, first episode, episode of Tuang Dete. So we're currently recording at Creative Space, which is a co-working space which gives you super cheap and affordable prices. So next time, if you find yourself in Klanejaya wondering where to work, do head on to Creative Space. So for today's episode, Season 1, Episode 1, we have three segments to go by. We're going to serve you up a three-course meal, an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. Since it's our first episode, you must be wondering who or what Tuang Dete is. So basically, our vision for this is the main question of where do you find a voice to talk about how it really is? Well, that's where Tuang Dete comes in. We're a bunch of ordinary university students with extraordinary dreams and passions to pursue arts. So um, Cor and I are currently law students by mind, but by hearts we are writers. So join us every two weeks to dish with us and our best buds on what it's brutally like to be a student with a passion for arts. So if you're interested to know more, you can head on to our social media accounts. Uh, we have an Instagram and Twitter. The username that you should search for is at Tuangdete, that's T-U-A-N-G-T-E-H-T-H-E, all in small letters, for both of our social media. So yeah, feel free to follow us. Drop some comments Drop and some likes. Key. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Moving on to the entree, who are the people behind Tuangdete? So we are a team of five people. We have the host, which is Shaf. Hello. The co-host, which is me. And behind the scenes, we have Akil, Muklis, and Ifa. Like, you'll learn more about them later. But generally, let's learn more about who are the ones talking today. Yes. So coming to Shaf. Shaf, you're such a small girl. <laughs> you know she's like five feet. Um, but she has a really, really big heart. Exceedingly tiny. Exceedingly tiny, but exceedingly large as well. Um, <laughs> in a, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. That makes but sense, okay. So, Shav, you started writing um, when you were a teenager. So what prompted that exactly? Oh, um, I used to write a lot of really sad, sad stuff that had to do a lot with being brokenhearted. I feel like that's how I started, very emotional kind of like I'm sad and like writing things about my emotions and it kind of like took off from there and I feel like I haven't really stopped writing since I was like 14, 15 so yeah I guess you could say my beginning came from a broken heart so instead of being like a writer or journalist or something else like why did you choose to become a lawyer Ooh, okay, or that's a law a student <laughs> a law student okay um, my mom was a lawyer, but I feel like that doesn't really kind of influence why I wanted to become a lawyer. I feel like I'm more for a person that goes for human rights. And okay, it's a well-known fact, legal aid is expensive, like highly expensive. And I was thinking you have legal aid clinics. And I felt like that was a motivation for me to be a lawyer because I want to be a part of giving to people who can't actually afford legal aid. So like my mom was a single mom. Mm-hmm. And her legal fees to get a divorce was, like, super high. So I feel like for people who are single parents or women struggling in marriages, I want to get out and desperately need legal aid. That's where I want to kind of, like, push my interest into. That's that's kind of... That's really inspiring, actually. I 
I'll talk more about me myself later, but like we want to know more about Shaf at this point. So other than like law and writing, like what else are you interested in? Oh, um, kind of. <laughs> okay. I like eating. <laughs> so probably when you go by in our podcast, you're going to get food recommendations. Just a fact, I am craving dim sum. So if you guys have any dim sum recommendation places, please drop by. Social media, help me pick a place to get some dim sum. Um, but yeah, food hunting, writing, those are kind of the things I spend my time doing. And also spending... Okay, I was going to say 75, but now I'm going to say 80. Okay, no, 90% of my money on clothes. <laughs> I feel like I'm an avid shopaholic and I probably need help. <laughs> <laughs> so hear that, like, have you ever um, considered, like, thrift shopping, though? Oh, yeah. you do it a lot? Okay. I went thrift shopping once. I went thrift shopping to G- GBR. Oh, yeah, like GBR in Damansara once. I got a cute dress. But nobody actually really takes me out trip shopping because my friends are very fast fashion people and spend my money in like H&M and stuff. But I feel like I would like to go trip shopping. So if you have any places that... I heard OK Go store in Subang was pretty good as well. So heading over there soon. Okay, so when you first stepped into law school though, like what did you do? What was the first thing that you thought that like, I must do it? Oh, okay. I must do. Um, okay, what was the first thing? Okay, when I got... To UM, the first thing I did was I went to go makan dim sum. Is did. that really yes, what happened? A, that is really what happened. But that was the first week of orientation for college. So yeah. Yes. Okay, we'll, we'll find out more, <laughs> we'll find about, out that more later. about that later. Okay. <laughs> but okay, so next. Um, when it comes to the poetry scene, like, have you always been a part of it? Or mm, is this a new thing for you? So I started writing, like we mentioned before, when I was 14, 15. But I haven't really had the confidence to put my stuff out there because I felt like they were, they were way too sad to be like put out there. I was like, oh no, I don't want to let people know how I feel. But um, coming to this juncture of my life, I've started to put my things out and it actually feels really good. So I'm about to start getting into poetry scenes. I actually wanted to go perform for a spoken word before coronavirus. So it was actually like a spoken word event before the MCO, but it did happen because the MCO happened. Oh, so yeah, I'm trying to start out in the scene. Aww. So um, what does poetry mean to you? I, I know like it has been like an outlet, I guess, for you in the beginning. So what happened? Uh, did anything, did any of that change when you came into law school? Like, did anything change? I feel like it did. I feel like my writing has evolved a lot in the past year. So I just finished my first year in law school. And I can safely say that my writing last year, before I started my semester, to finishing my first year has significantly changed. I felt like poetry is also a way for me to like track my growth. So like comparing my pieces that I wrote about a year ago and what I'm writing now, there's a significant difference in and the perspective of how I see the world now. So I feel like poetry is not just a way to kind of like talk about how I feel, but it's also a way for me to like track my growth and kind of learn from what I went through before. So yeah, it means a lot. Aww. That, so, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of things. Like no, now I feel like you guys should know Shaf as a real person instead of... You know, just some voice behind, behind a recording. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, we talked about me enough, I think. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about core. Let's talk about our core host. We're going <laughs> to continuously make that joke because it's funny. And we're... Okay, so core. Core is also very small yeah. with a very big heart. She's like on the faculty, in the law faculty of UM, she's like a ball of sunshine. It's like when you see Corina, you're like, oh, ball of sunshine. That's what I thought. Um... The first time I met Core was during the orientation week for the law faculty. And you have the orientation offices, which were exceedingly scary and would call you freshmen and say audacity and all those kind of things. But there was one chico that I found that was super friendly, kind of like warm, and that was Karina. And she was also like super pretty. Yes, Karina's super pretty girl. <laughs> okay, so... um. Core, you are a poet, but also a writer as well. And I remember you once telling me that you published a poetry book before 20 that was called Midnight Muses. So would you want to tell us a little more about that? Oh, that's, um, that's an interesting story for me. I feel that um, it sort of diminished after a while. But now that we're on this topic and in Tuangdete, I feel like I have like a reignite passion for it. So basically, uh, Midnight Muses is a poetry book that I promised myself that I would publish before 20. So it was the deadline was originally 18. But then because of time, um, because I occupied myself with a lot of things, um, so I sort of pushed the deadline back and I promised myself that I should publish it before 20. So I did it just a day before, like on the 9th of July. That's the publication date for for Midnight Muses. Yeah, and it's basically a compilation of poetry that I've been writing. Anything that I found worthy to be published. And because I'm from Sabah and not a lot of people do that, so this actually inspired an, an English teacher to do the same. And she even like gave me a copy and she told me like she was inspired because my, my English teacher was very... Um, She's very supportive of my work and she recommended it to this other English teacher and that's the that's the person who published my book uh, who published her book and like gave me a copy of it. If I'm not mistaken, Core your book has like 60 poems can. Yeah, yeah, it has 62 it has 60 I think. 62 poems. Yeah. That she published one day before she took 20. Yeah, yeah so, so there are like 62 pieces in it and they're all quite dear to my heart like I thought I would cringe when I read back but I'm I don't know if it's a good thing but I'm not cringing yet so I feel like it's a good thing I, I feel like I that's also so. tracking your growth yeah 62 poems okay core um you wanted to be a law student in specifically in UM since 12 I believe why <laughs> why UM why UM um yeah, that's like an interview question, guy. Like, why you am? But it's actually because my dad was a my dad was a student here as well, uh, in UM as well. Um, he was studying. Uh, he was taking the external degree program, um, and he's always constantly telling me he inspires my he inspires my um, interest in any field a lot. So at that point of time, it was mostly like astronomy and law. So he would tell me things and he lectures very well. So when he tells me the things, it just made them more interesting for me. So I came into law school really wanting to study like criminal law and like anything related to it. That was like my passion. And it thankfully still is, even though it wasn't in the middle 
Mm-mm. Yeah, like public interest cases, anything that I found like is worthy of a cause. Like I, I love those kind of things, because yeah, I can't, I can't do corporate work. I'm so sorry, but I tried it and I'm so not interested. So okay, um, it's kind of like this kind of um stereotype that you earn more in corporate as opposed to doing public interest kind of things like working for the government and stuff like that. So, does it really matter to you? like whether corporate makes more and public interest makes less I remember you telling me that you would rather be a broke poet than a rich lawyer mm-hmm. yeah like uh, for now I uh, I have just graduated uh, I mean I have just finished my last paper and I'm hoping to graduate so when that happens um, yeah I, I know that there's a stereotype saying that okay corporate work that that's like much easier and you get more money but I really really can't see myself doing that um, and I guess in the end what matters is your passion yeah. in a sense like that's that's what's gonna make sure that you can wake up in the morning and go to work you know knowing that whatever that you do it's gonna impact someone else and it's gonna be impacting them in a way that you can feel satisfied with I think that's the most important part yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know there are like um, lawyers who work from like seven to like midnight, maybe even later than that, and they come back the next morning and they're like doing this again and again. So if you can't like what you do, like I don't think that would that would be a satisfactory life at all. So yeah, just some food for thought. I agree. Okay, um, so Core, you just finished your final paper, so which means you finished law school in its entirety. Um, you did a few things, I believe, in law school as well. You were the editor for our academic law journal. Um, how would you say doing all these things in law school has like affected your writing? You know, contrary to my belief in the beginning that it's going to turn more boring, because I remember I had this conversation with my mom as well, like she's she has always been very very supportive of my work um so when i i remember her making a joke like okay when you're in law school you won't be able to write anymore because you'll be studying all the time and it'll be academic and your work will turn mechanical and robotic and i found that to be scary at first but then when i actually came to law school and i went through everything you know i became an editor i became an editor in chief i became so many other things. And I found that those were actually driving my art to become better. Mm-hmm. And that was that was like the best part of having an art to go to, you know, to, to have it there waiting for you whenever you want to go back to it. So for a while, art was my home, I would say. Like, I thought that it would become dry and it would become neglected. But instead, it became more color- colorful. And I found myself writing more about like issues that matter to me like um let's say like sexual harassment or you know patriotism or stuff like that so those kind of things they 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 have they have a place in my heart like i i, I always feel like you should always um work for your country kind of thing and you you should always strive to make it better so that's the part that i found um that was inspiring for me so i put it in my art and it was no longer about me, but it was about, like, society. So in that sense, I felt like it matured a lot. 
style-wise as well. Like, I used to follow, like, a specific format, but now no longer. Now I have, like, freestyle poems. I have, like, other sort of poems. Um, I, I didn't study poetry, so I don't really know the names for it, but I know they're all different. <laughs> so, uh, content-wise as well. Um, yeah, so generally, even though I thought that I would stop... Um, I would stop writing, but I thankfully I didn't. For the past four years, all I've been doing is writing. Yeah, I find that agreeable as well. I feel like being in law school kind of brings out light in a lot of things, like a lot of issues, a lot of political stuff, human rights stuff. There's a lot to actually write about. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been introduced to me. You've been introduced to CORE. So we're going to give a little shout out to our team behind Tuang Dete. So um. We have Akil, who is our media director. So if you head on over to our Instagram and Twitter and every content or every post you see was done by him. So thank you. Okay, so we have two best buds at the moment. Um, actually, if you want to know more, you would have to like wait for the next episode. So hopefully you're there to witness it. But generally, we have uh, two best buds and they are um, Muklis and Ifa. We're all law students. We're all studying in UM at the moment. Um, and because of this project, we have grown quite close to each other. And that's that's the part I find is warm for me, like very heartwarming. Yeah. We bonded on arts a lot. Um, Kor, I, Muklis and Ifa, we write poetry. Um, Akil is more of a wildcat. He, he likes fashion. He expresses his art through fashion. Which is why most of our media posts are very kind of like bright, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So That's I fact, which also teaches us that art comes in many forms. So yeah. Um, so basically, we've talked about the team and um, this podcast and what it's actually about. So um, I would say we would call this a collaborative podcast originating from the UM Law Faculty Poets, which is basically the four of us. Um, so what you can look forward to in the next po- in the next episodes are discussions on current issues and um, basically talking about how it is to juggle between doing your passion projects, like for us it's writing, and the constant commitment of being a student. So sometimes the commitments of being in law school, does it hinder? Does it become an obstacle to writing or does it become a motivation to writing? So it's just going to be a chill hangout to dish what it's really like to be a student in university, wanting to pursue our passions while trying to build a professional career, as they would say. Yeah, so that's generally it. Uh, that's what our podcast is about. But you can contribute, you know, you can contribute by sharing uh, your works and your stories to us. We have this thing called a weekly sharing session on our social media um, platforms. So that's uh, Instagram and Twitter. So what you can do is actually DM us, contact us and share your stories and tell us how art has pushed you to become who you can be, how you have created art, how you started, all these kind of things like we want to know because for us, that having that piece of art, it's very, very important. That, that piece of outlet for you, I think in life, that is what matters the most making sure that whatever that you create is showing who you really are. So we want to hear more about that. And this is uh, especially helpful if you are just starting out, you're just getting to the scene. 
feel free to contact with us and uh, yeah. connect with us. Yeah. yeah. Connect with us. Yeah. Come and join us in our pursuit for getting our arts out. Yeah. It could be um, illustrations, writings, pictures, Music. anything. Yeah, it could be anything. So yes, coming up, yeah, this is the fun part. This is our tea for this week. So, Cora, our tea for this week would be Youth in Parliament. Yeah, that's a very interesting topic, especially now. It's very, very relevant. Knowing like what happened in the past few months, everything's been rough, you know? It's been quite... Fuel to the fire Yeah kind of and thing. we are You know like Maybe before this It has happened before But now Like we are at the stage Where we can Fully appreciate The importance of having youth In, in parliaments In politics mm-hmm. And I know the The saying goes that if Students shouldn't be involved They should be focused On studying Making sure that they, they have enough knowledge And things like that But I feel like that's To the contrary Because I mean Students are young minds. They're watching the world grow without any, like, predetermined kind of views on anything. So I feel like it's fresh. Like, I feel like student involvement in politics is quite important. Like, we shouldn't shy away from it. Like, um, Cor and I, we went to that rally once. Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, we did. Um, and that was enlightening because you get, we got to actually learn the other side of having an involvement in politics. Um, would you say, Cor, that the Asian kind of set, mi- mindset that the elderly have better views on things as opposed to people who are younger because of their age is still relevant in our political scene for today? Or would you disagree to that statement? I don't think so. Honestly, I would disagree because even in history, you know, you've seen universities university students, they're the ones that are coming out and making changes, you know, they're the ones voicing out and it has always pushed the society to become better. Mm -hmm. So if you, I mean, there are two ways of looking at this, you know, you want to go by the revolutionary method, which is like more radical or you want to go through the the more evolutionary method, which is like, you know, how our elders, you know, take things one step at a time and things like that. But there are certain issues where you can't just sit still and wait for things to be better, you would have to stand up and say like, no, this is not right. This is not what we want to see in our nation, you know? So that's when students, you know, it's usually the youths who see things differently in the sense. It's never never those who have already been conditioned to live this way. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't agree. Like there's a difference between respecting your elders and actually standing up for yourself and for the people around you who matter. So I know it's more, it's easier to say it than to actually do it, you know. But you start, you you have to start by believing in something, by having a stance. And that stance has to be founded by facts, you know. It was, it's not something that's been pushed onto you. So once you learn how to do that, you would be able to form better opinions and that would make your voice extremely valid in this, in this society. Okay, um, student activism, I feel like Holis has been a part of our history. You've had students who have been arrested or kind of suspended from university for being too active in politics. And I feel like from this point on, there should be more of an accommodation in our governance to accommodate for students to kind of 
contribute to politics because I feel like that's a fresh set of mindset that we kind of need right now. Especially going through like a revolutionary part. It's 2020, things are changing and I feel like it's important to have a youth in politics. I feel like another reason or another example we can take from youths being in politics is the parliament digital. Yeah, for me, it's actually the part that inspired me to suggest this topic for this particular podcast in the first place because you can see the impact of this digital parliament, you know. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the one that was held on the 4th and 5th of July 2020. And the purpose that they had this in the first place is so that it's possible to have like a virtual parliament session um, because they were like trying to show the government like, the youths have valid and mature discussions regarding our nation. I think the youngest representative was 15. Can she was 15. Yeah, she was 15, you know. That's like in Form 3. Uh, the oldest was 33, just yeah. for record. So I feel like even though the age gap is big, like the disparity, 15 to 33, but that means you get like a way bigger net of opinions. Like, you get it from the young ones who are seeing what's happening to them indirectly. And you get the ones who are older who are directly being affected by what's ever happening in politics right now. Yeah, and the, contrary to, you know, them thinking that, oh, youths can't speak because they don't know anything much. They, they won't be able to form um, proper opinions, discuss properly. This Parliament Digital actually prove otherwise. Even Datin Paduka, Man- Marina Mahadir, actually said that she was very, very impressed by the content of these speeches because they were so valid and they were so, like, full of weight, you know? Um, and she even said, like, and, and I quote, so that they were so much more intelligent and real than anything that we've ever heard in the actual parliament. So, and this has been reported, you know, she actually said this and... We this proves yeah this proves that youths have a voice and they have a valid one and they are able to hold discussions maturely hold debates maturely and i heard that people actually think that they were speaking based on scripts which wasn't true i i know that for a fact so i don't know like i just feel like we should be able to appreciate the youths in politics yeah the youths in politics so I feel like even if you were to watch the Parliament Digital or see the seating, it's very mature. Like, even though they're youths and they have like new fresh ideas that I feel would be super like to contribute super well to the nation right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel like it's also important to tell our listeners to remember to vote when the time comes. Like, if you're 21 or if you're of age to vote ready, if you've registered, vote. If you haven't registered, do register. I feel like it's important because that's the only link we have right now to having a hand in to say what happens to our nation. So, yeah. Yeah, like, like it or not, the fact is that you get a vote, you know, when you are, as of now, 21, like hopefully 18 in the future because... It's supposed to take effect in 2021, I think. Um, So when that happens, like, just register and vote. No matter how long it takes, you know, for you to wait in line for hours, like, just do it. Because this is the only shot that you have at actually telling people that 
this is what you want. You know, I want a representative who can actually fight for me. And if you are ever like in doubt, considering whether you should run as a candidate, go for it. You know, like you may be scared, you may be afraid of the games or the the way your principles may be compromised, but just do it. You can you, you can do it as a chalun bebas if you want. You know, just just go for it. Register, fight for something that you feel that will benefit your um, generation. To your come. generation, yeah. I feel like it's important because whatever that's going to happen in any of the elections is going to definitely di- directly impact us. Yeah. So our take from our current issue tea session is that just go for it. Vote if you can, register when you do, and just because you're young doesn't mean you don't have a voice. That's the tea. So um, moving on to our last segment for today. It's the dessert. So me and Cor have little poetry pieces we wrote on our current issues, which is youth. Um, so yeah, um, let's go. Let's go. So let's start with Shaf with her newly written poetry. Um, yeah, so go for it. So this one's called Youths. Youths are like seeds. You water them and they flourish. Bathe them in the light of opportunity, they grow. Into magnificent plants, strong oak trees, gentle dandelions. But keep them in the dark. Like seeds, they wither and die. Release the poison. Control the watering. Your seeds will turn into stunted trees and unblooming florals. Because youth are like seeds. Let them grow on the dry lands of our nations. Turn it into a rainforest, the Amazon of Malaysia. <laughs> that was so pretty. Like the whole, the whole metaphor, you know, about how like we are, we are seeds. seeds. Because we're just waiting for our time. Waiting for us to grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, next we have... This is a good one from Kor. Um, So yeah, this is called Interlude, right Kor? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's called Interlude because um, for this piece, just to introduce it a bit, um, I wrote it when I was in in my final days of law school, uh, just before exams. And then, um, I don't know, I just felt emotional and I wanted to dedicate this to my batchmates, which I did. And yeah, it's about us finally going out there, becoming people, <laughs> like actual functioning human beings. Okay. It's an interruption, this sense of leaving, this heavy nostalgia. We need to remind ourselves that this is merely an interlude that we are taking a break. We're just taking a break from paying full attention. Only one ear open now. Only one finger tap, tap, tapping, subconsciously counting the beats until the next bar where we are to begin again. By then, we would have newfound energy, won't we? No longer mechanical, whole soul present. We need to remind ourselves that this is still the same book, the same piece, the same story here is a choice that we can make. 
to forgive past mistakes and all the chances we did not take here, we give ourselves the opportunity to break free of old chains. To maintain only the links that we can bear on our backs, best if we can carry them all in our pockets. To be reshuffled, reconnected, reshaped sea, we are climbing out of this 20-year-old safety net as a full-fledged adult. Here, we wonder. We wonder, as the age-old question runs another few hundred laps in our heads, do I start saving the world now? We have grown anxious. Watching the world burn, convinced of its brokenness, we are here now, fresh out of the oven, waiting to rescue it from all the evils that we are capable of doing. But didn't. See, we want to be good people for her. Before this pandemic hit, we enter and exit, enter and exit, never staying, but the lecture hall is empty now. Far from our rage, the same rage that makes us shiver and shake at the madness of injustice around us, we do this from individual boxes, receiving visuals and sounds from boxes, buttons and screens, all eyes towards the center, towards the university that stands tall and proud, holding up students who are a little stressed, a little depressed, yet surviving the storm and looking on forward, we say to ourselves, it will be better there. Notice how these thoughts evolved. From the going to the coming, the interlude is almost over. The next bar is where we begin again. Pay attention now. Remember to play with your whole soul, all right? From where you stand, the world can hear you. The world can see you. Be good. Try to save it. I promise to do the same. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sad. I'm sad. Shut up. Uh, wait. I need a moment to collect my emotions. That was emotional. Oh my God. If that wasn't emotional for you, then I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay. So that was dessert. That, that was, was dessert. That was a very emotional dessert. Um, so uh, we've had a dish from me, a dish from Cor. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of our podcast for today. So a little small thing we'd also like to mention, the ending, um, is Art Against Commitment, a little food for thought, is um, would you like to see art against commitment or take arts with commitment? Yeah. So one thing that we would like you to sort of like ponder upon is what is the relationship between art and commitment, you know? Is it that if you have, I mean... We say commitment in the sense that, you know, we're living your actual, like, your full lives, you know, um, carrying your responsibilities, your duties, and things like that. So, does art sort of take you away from that and make you less focused or something like that? Or does it actually push you to do better? Because being a student actually inspires our art, you know? Like, that's what I would like to mm -hmm. say. Like, the fact that if you are a student, you are someone who is studying or maybe you're working it can be anything but the fact is you are living your daily life being yourselves and if you have an outlet art can be anything you know it can be as as Shaf said earlier it can be anything it can be fashion it can be music it can be writing yeah it can even be sports you know it's everything dancing all this so yeah being being someone who is living your life you know you actually it gives you more perspective, 
You know, it gives you more depth to your art. I agree. Art becomes a form of therapy whenever you're overwhelmed. I feel like that's a take that I can see from this. So yeah, ponder upon that and tell us what you think about it. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. You'll get to meet our best buds, Ifah and Muklis. Get to see what they're up to. And uh, yeah, our social media, again, if you want to find us or you want to give us your thoughts, that's at Tuangdete, T-U-A-N-G-T-H. E-T-E-H for both Instagram and Twitter in lowercase letters and yeah um, again we're recording at Creative Space do check Creative Space out it's a co-working space in Klanijaya so thank you for tuning in that's it today from Tuang Dete